Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Thank you so much for joining us here on Titillating Sports on Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. My name is Rick Tittle, the eponymous host, Titillating Sports, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon, out here, uh, usually downtown San Francisco. Um, we got Dominic over there at the studios. I'm in my home, sheltering in place. And this has nothing to do with the pandemic. I'm agoraphobic, and I'm scared of people. I always do my show out of my house. JK, we're here for you. JK, LOL, WTF. Wait, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but we're here for you to talk some sports at 1 800 878 play, 1 800 878 And I cover every sport you'd like to talk about. And sometimes other stuff as well. Things that I find interesting. Being a nationally syndicated show on the American Forces Radio Network. Big shout out to our troops out there. We have a former member of the military coming on today. I mentioned that in a second. But, um, you know, I get approached by people, <clears throat> mostly PR firms, who try to tell their client, you know, they try to get the most ear, ear balls and eyeballs. Is there an ear ball, ear drum on their topics? So if it's interesting, I'll say, yeah. And we're going to start the show off by talking to Jim Bell, who's written a book about the Hubble telescope, which was a disaster, darlings. I think we got some good stuff out of it. <laughs> They had to fly back up there and fix it, uh, called the Super. Uh, Tuesday, 940, we always do sales sport talk with Karen Lyle. We'll have skipper Monica Grant Cook with us. Captain Cook, Discover the Sandwich Islands. Author Mark Pessa will join us at 1010. He has a new book about Yogi Berra. We have the former Navy SEAL, Mark Devine. He has a new book called Staring Down the Wolf. So, uh, yeah, tough guy. 10.40, Bruce Marshall will check in from Vegas, talk a little hockey. And 11.40, we're going to have author Austin Moorhead, who has written a book about the future of video games. Right up my alley, right down your street. So let's be a part of it. Come on back. we got three hours. 
Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. This is Joanne Jenkins, CEO of AARP. As the coronavirus continues to affect us all, especially older people and those with underlying health conditions, AARP is here, actively supporting you and your community. Every day, we're providing updated information and tips from trusted sources. We're hosting weekly teletown halls with the nation's top health experts, advocating on your behalf with national and local lawmakers to help secure sufficient resources to meet people's needs, sharing tools to protect you and your family from fraud, and creating resources for family caregivers everywhere to help keep them and their loved ones safe and healthy. For more than 60 years, we've been here to educate, serve, and fight for older Americans. Today, you can count on AARP more than ever. Join us. We may be apart, but we don't have to be alone. Stay connected at aarp.org slash coronavirus. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome, he's a genius. Thank you so much, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on AFN. It's our pleasure to uh, be welcomed by uh, Dr. Jim Bell. He is the author of Hubble Legacy, 30 Years of Discoveries and Images. And the Hubble Telescope has uh, led us to some great discoveries. But uh, Dr. Jim, I remember in the beginning there was some sort of snafu, and it was the brunt of uh, David Letterman 
jokes and other such things that they had to go up there and clean the lens and what what happened in the in the beginning that was that didn't go right with the Hubble. Yeah, Rick, it's a, it's a great story and it's a great reminder that even you know the the best engineers and the sharpest minds in the world can make mistakes. You know, so in the eighties the telescope was being designed and, and built, and part of that is is polishing the mirror. These, the Hubble has this giant mirror, it's eight feet across, and uh, it has to be polished to incredible accuracy with just the right angle of curvature on it so it'll focus images. So they spent you know more than a year working on just that, and they used the, the highest-tech machines and the best engineering and all that, and they did a they did a perfect job on it. They built it perfectly, except they built it perfectly wrong. It mm. was just slightly off the curvature that it was supposed to be. Like slightly, I mean, like by the thickness of a human hair, kind of slightly. Mm. But it was bad enough. It was off enough that when it went out into space, tried to take pictures, they were blurry. And this was a disaster. This was an engineering, science disaster, public relations disaster, like you said. Oh no! You know we've built this amazing telescope and it can't focus. Um, the good news, though, is that that even though it was wrong, it was perfectly wrong. So so I'm nearsighted, and I so I can't see the world very well. But I can go to an optometrist, and he can figure out how bad my vision is and, and design a corrective lens. And I put him on my face, and I can see the world in crisp, clear vision. Well, luckily, it was the same with Hubble. So even though it was out of focus, it was perfectly wrong. They knew exactly how to fix it. The engineers designed corrective optical lenses, and astronauts on the space shuttle three years later took those optics and, and corrective lenses up there and installed them on the telescope, and bingo, all of a sudden it becomes perfectly crystal clear. But it's a great story that even you know even the best and the brightest can make mistakes. You know, one of my favorite classes in college was my astronomy class, and we were fortunate to have a planetarium, and it's really the only time I got to study such a thing. But, you know, learning about Charles Messier and, and looking at nebulae and M1 was Messier 1, Crab Nebula, but, you know, we always heard about Edwin Hubble. So the Hubble yeah. telescope, um, how does it that uh, – is he sort of the, the father of American astronomy, Edwin Hubble? Well, he's, he's the father of, of an important part of American astronomy. He was one of the first astronomers in the world who recognized, in the, in the 20s and 30s, who recognized that some of these smudges that you see in telescopes in the sky aren't, aren't clouds of gas and dust. They're, they're entire galaxies. He called them island universes. He, he recognized that they're extremely far away and, and that there are other galaxies besides the Milky Way. He was one of the first to recognize that. And further, he recognized that, that all these distant galaxies are moving away from each other, that the universe is expanding. Everything's moving away from, from, from each other. And if you could measure really accurately how fast they're moving away and in what direction, then you could turn the clock back and put them all back together and find out when they were all in one place at one time. And, of course, that's what we call the Big Bang when the universe began. And, and Hubble, the Hubble Space Telescope, named after Edwin Hubble, that pioneering astronomer, was designed to answer that question. That's its main goal. How old is the universe? It 
measure with just incredible precision those ancient galaxies and how they're moving away from each other. And, and it's done that job. And the answer is 13.7 to 13.8 billion years old. That's how old our universe is. And that's one of the main discoveries that, that Hubble has enabled. It's an amazing thing that they can take. I mean, it's like people, when, when a scientist once explained to me how you can measure how much the Earth weighs by using math, and I, these things go right over my head, but I find it fascinating. I also find fascinating the idea of dark matter, and I know that's something that the Hubble telescope could not only find, but could sort of diagram it, like 3D it. What, what is dark matter, and what, what did Hubble learn about it? Yeah, so that's uh, it's a really great question. Um, so when you when you uh, when you watch, for example, a planet go around a star like the Earth going around the Sun, you can very accurately describe its motion. And, and Isaac Newton did that, and Kepler before him. And you, you can really understand the effect of gravity. And when we look out at, at, at in deep space and we see these galaxies orbiting each other, or stars and star clusters orbiting their center of mass, something seems to be amiss. It's like Newton and Kepler don't work because there's not enough, you can't see enough mass to explain the motions that you see. And so astronomers have hypothesized that there's some extra mass in some form that we just can't see. We don't have the ability to detect it. And that's where dark matter comes from. The matter is the mass. The dark means it's not reflecting or emitting light in colors that we can sense, but we know it's there because we can see its effect on the, on the motion of stars and galaxies. And so Hubble, like every other telescope and instrument, has never seen dark matter directly. We can't see it directly. We have to infer its existence by watching how things move and saying to ourselves, huh, there's extra mass here that we can't see. That's the only way to explain it. But, but Hubble has allowed us to look at that in much more detail and make those inferences in much more detail. It's fascinating stuff, and I've got a million more questions, but I know you've got to run. Um, <laughs> I want to rec recommend everybody check out Hubble Legacy, 30 Years of Discoveries and Images by our guest author, Dr. Jim Bell. Jim, congratulations on the project, and uh, hopefully we will catch up down the road. Rick, thanks, and thanks for bringing astronomy into your show. Keep it up. All right, uh, very well. Yeah, I had a great astronomy class when I was in college, and one day we were going to be able to see in person some moon rocks. And <laughs> my astronomy teacher, who was this old guy that wore, you know, the, this is in the 80s, and so he was an old guy then, and he was the kind of guy that wore a short sleeve shirt with a tie and a bunch of pens in the pockets, very much you're like 1950s scientist type of guy. Good teacher, though, good guy, very smart. But he got the moon rocks, and they were like very, very thin slivers of about three moon rocks, and they were in these glass cases. And he wore a backpack that day, and he had the moon rocks in the backpack on his person all day long. And that was the stipulation, because if he lost them or they were stolen – he was SOL, and the school <laughs> probably would have been banned. So I've never seen anybody, and I can understand why. It was like me with my World Cup tickets. You know, I've never seen anybody <laughs> so worried that something was going to happen to this 
possession of theirs as he brought it. And the moon rocks, you know, honestly, they didn't look like anything. They just looked like slivers of rocks. But it was pretty cool to think, wow, these rocks were actually on the moon and then they were brought back. Unless you think, you know, we had a little Capricorn one, James Brolin, O.J. Simpson, and the moon landing was faked. Do you believe the moon landing was faked? Fake news. All right. Um, anyway, good stuff from Jim Bell. We'll get into a little sports talk on the other side. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-371-9608. That's 1-800-371-9608. Call 1-800-371-9608. Call now. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, 
visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. Ah, uh, whatever works. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast. Coming up in the next segment, we will get into our uh, sailing <clears throat> with Salesport Talks. Karen Lyle, that's what we do on Tuesdays at 940. If it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. Um, looking at Major League Baseball and some of the news, uh, I was uh, sad to see, I was kind of surprised that Hank Steinbrenner has passed away at the age of 63. He, uh, they said it was not part of the pandemic, but he had a long-standing health issue, uh, which I didn't know he had that. He didn't seem that old to me when I would, uh, whenever I saw him on TV. As I said, he's only 63, <clears throat> but he was uh, George Steinbrenner's oldest son. And his younger brother, Hal, is the guy we see the most. He's the principal owner. He's the managing uh, partner. But you might remember um, Hank Steinbrenner, Henry Hank Steinbrenner, when uh, in 2008 he called Red Sox Nation a bunch of bull s. And um, at the time he said that was a creation of the Red Sox and ESPN Go anywhere in America, you won't see Red Sox hats and jackets. You'll see Yankee hats and jackets. This is a Yankee country. We're going to put the Yankees back on top and restore the universe to order. (laughs) He also wrote a blazing criticism of the divisional system, which was in the sporting news in 2008 after the Yankees got knocked out of the playoffs. He said the biggest problem is the divisional setup in Major League Baseball. I didn't like it in the 1970s, and I hate it now. Baseball went to a multi-division setup to create more races, rivalries, and excitement, but it isn't fair. You see it this season, with plenty of people in the media pointing out that Joe Torre and the Dodgers are going to the playoffs while we're not. This is by no means a knock on Torre. Let me make that clear. But look at the division they're in. If L.A. were in the AL East, they wouldn't be in the playoff discussion. The AL East is never weak. Um, Now, we can get into that, whether or not you agree. I disagree with that. I think if you're the best team, you you should win. Um, And sometimes it's cyclical. I mean, there were times when the NL West was very powerful division. When you think about three teams going to the playoffs and the Giants and Dodgers and Diamondbacks and that one time the, the Rockies got in there. Yeah, the Padres always stink. But still, um, he didn't like it. Um, but in his own words, he said, create more races, rivalries, and excitement. And uh, it did do that. The <clears throat> Yankees put out a uh, statement and said, the New York Yankees mourn the passing of general partner and co-chairperson Henry G. Hank Steinbrenner, who passed away earlier today at his home in Clearwater, Florida, from a longstanding health issue. Mr. Steinbrenner was 63. Hank was a genuine and gentle spirit, 
who treasured the deep relationships he formed with those closest to him. He was introduced to the Yankees organization at a very young age, and his love for sports and competition continued to burn brightly throughout his life. Hank could be direct and outspoken, but in the very same conversation show great tenderness and lightheartedness. More than anything, he set an example for us all how comfortably he lived, enjoying his personal passions and pursuits. We are profoundly saddened to have lost him and carry his memory with us always. Um, and then in lieu of flowers and all that stuff. His father, just was it 2010, 10 years ago, uh, passed away. And that, of course, was uh, the original uh, Hank Steinbrenner, Hank Steinbrenner uh, Sr., so uh, anyway, um, sorry to hear that. We also um, heard from uh, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, this morning. And uh, as we know, we're not going to see baseball anytime soon, not in the next couple of weeks. But the commissioner said that the, you know, obviously the public health situation needs to improve. But he did express a desire uh, for the sport to be a milestone to the return of normalcy. I'd like to point out the real word is normality. But Manfred did touch on two things facing the league when it possibly could start and then playing all the games in Arizona. So just two quick quotes. Here's the first one. I'm just bringing it back. The only real decision that we have made, the only real plan that we have, is that baseball is not going to return until the public health situation has improved to the point that we're comfortable that we can play games in a manner that's safe for our players, our employees, our fans, and in a way that will not impact the public health situation adversely. So right now, it's largely a waiting game. During that period, as you might expect, any business will be engaged in contingency planning. We thought about how we might be able to return in various scenarios, but again, the key is the improvement in the public health situation, end quote. So there won't be... Uh, spring training until we know whether Arizona or Florida is open for gatherings of over 100 people. We've heard in the past that the league will need close to four weeks of a spring training. I, I think that's too much. Now, they did get a, what did they get in, two weeks? About two weeks of spring training games, a little bit more. No, they canceled it the day I was arriving in Phoenix. But um, I, you don't need, come on, four weeks of spring training. They're not going to take another month. That's, that's ridiculous. But about playing in the Valley of the Sun, all the games, Manfred said, quote, we have a variety of contingency plans that we have talked about and worked on. Plans may be too strong of a word. Ideas may be a better word. All of them are designed to address limitations that may exist when businesses restart. Traveling limitations, limitations on mass gatherings that still may exist. We thought about ways to try to make baseball available to fans all over the United States in the face of restrictions. From our perspective, and we don't have a plan, we have lots of ideas. What ideas come to fruition depend on what the restrictions are, what the public health situation is. But we are intent on the idea of making baseball a part of the economic recovery and sort of a milestone on the return to normalcy. So, end quote. It's, 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 I think it's, as they say in Australia, good on you to Manfred to say that these are ideas. When you start saying plans, it can get a bit out of shape. Now, 
one of the thir- first things to be canceled, and it was supposed to be going on uh, in March, was the Game Developers Conference. But you saw Google pull out, you saw Kojima pull out, and then EA, and then PlayStation, and it's like, oh my gosh, what's GDC is going to suck? And they go, okay, the GDC is canceled. And I'm like, what? Now, they were smart. They were ahead of the game. They were one of the first ones, and we were kind of like, oh, this is an overreaction. I mean, that's what I kind of felt at the time. When you're canceling it in February, I thought, I understand it's safe to be safe, but is it really that bad? And we find out it was. So they were smart. They were smart to do that. But they say, we'll just do it. We'll, we'll do it in August. Well, that might be too early now. So they probably shouldn't have said, we'll do it in August. They, I think with everything now, you just got to kind of wait. Now, we have a month and a day here in California of shelter in place. Hopefully, we'll see on the other side. Hopefully, we all get through it. Best to you. And um, if you're healthy, you really got nothing to complain about um, when other people are not. But it's better to say that these are plans. And so... It'd be kind of a fool's errand. It would be folly to say, yep, we're definitely going to do it then. We're going to reopen the economy. You just, you don't know. The league and the players haven't had any talks with each other in a week. It's according to The Athletic. And it's not because they have issues with each other as they normally do. It's just there's really nothing to talk about. And so, you know, Manfred, um, this waiting game is basically what it is. So... I know, like, with our government, like, what's new today? What's new today? Do we get this? Do we get that? But with baseball, it's sort of like the show we used to show, and I'm not kidding. I worked the entire decade of the 90s in sports television, and we used to show a show in 1990 called This Week in Pocket Billiards. Yeah. What's new this decade in pocket billiards? Blue chalk. Remember the chalk was green? No, it's no, it's blue. Okay, see the stick? Yeah. Well, this cue, it was made of uh, teak. Now it's made out of mahogany. This week in pocket billiards. So that's what I'd be. If I'm Rob Manfred, that's what I say. You know, go watch this week in pocket. What 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 the hell can I tell you? We've got many many plans. And what you could do is just go down the calendar and start every week. Okay, if it starts this week, what do we do? If it starts this week, what do you do? It's your big board, like your draft, right? And then when you get the word, hey, it looks like it's going to start here. Well, we don't have to think about the plan. The plan is done outside of a few nuances and shifts and little things. But 90% of the plan is already in effect because this is all we've had to do for over a month and maybe over two, three months is to think about exactly what we're going to do if it starts on said date. That's the calendar I assume they have in New York at MLB's offices. All right. Make an ass out of you and me, I know. Coming up next, a little sailing takes me away to where I've always
This is Karen Lyle with Latitude 38's Max Ebb on Salesport Talk. Let's eavesdrop on a conversation between Max Ebb and Lee Helm on Sailing Science. I ran aground a few weeks ago, taking my usual shortcut into the marina. Right in view of the Yacht Club, too. I was mortified. <laughs> Max, there's like a little book you can get at the marina office? Yes, I know how to read the tide book. But this tide was exceptionally low during a full moon. What I don't understand is why, with the sun and moon pulling from opposite sides of the Earth, we get extra strong tides. Shouldn't the gravity from the sun partially cancel out the gravity from the moon? Yet we get spring tides on the new moon and on the full moon. Because it's the gravity gradient, not the gravitation per se. And also, why do we get two highs and two lows every day? If it's the moon's gravity pulling on the water, you'd think there'd be just one high tide each day, always on the side of the Earth close to the moon. Well, it's the same answer. It's the gravity gradient. The change in gravity from one side of the Earth to the other, in a uniform gravity field, there'd be no tides. Earth and water would, like, both feel exactly the same pull. You'll have to explain this gradient thing. (laughs) Okay, for sure. So first, remember that gravitational force drops off with the inverse square of distance. For example, if you have a gravitational attraction from a large object like the moon, and then you double your distance away from the moon, you'll only have one quarter of the gravitational force. Easy high school level proof based on a symmetrical Gaussian surface integral. Uh, Look it up. Um, But we don't need to get into that right now. Okay, inverse square is easy enough. I remember that. Well, now let's work this out with some numbers. So we all know the moon is about 250,000 miles away. The Earth has a radius of about 4,000 miles. The moon is pulling. Wait for it. Ah, 3.3% harder on the ocean on the side of the Earth near the moon than it's pulling on the center of the Earth. Right, so there's a high tide under the moon. Makes perfect sense. Doesn't answer my question. (laughs) Okay, so now look at the side of the Earth away from the moon. The moon is pulling by 3.3% less on the far side water than on the Earth itself. We're left with water on the near side being pulled towards the moon, away from the Earth, and on the far side, it's like the Earth being pulled away from the water. So it's like... The earth and the water around it are being stretched out with high water on each side? Exactly. But still, shouldn't the moon and sun cancel each other out, at least partly when they're on opposite sides of the earth? Well, that's the cool part. So, okay, the gravity forces are opposite, but the gravity gradient end up being in the same direction. So it's like two negatives making a positive. Both bodies, even though they're on opposite sides of the earth, tend to stretch out the earth and the water on it along the same line. Good. So, trick question. In English, do two positives make a negative? No, they don't, especially not in English. It's just like in math. A double positive is still a positive. Yeah, right. All right. Thank you for that, Chris Cross. Welcome back to the show. It is 9.40 a.m. out here on the West Coast on a Tuesday. That means we check in with SalesportTalk.com's Karen Lyle. How you doing, Karen? I'm doing just fantastic today. Thank you. Very good. And we are now also joined by Monica Grant-Cook from The C-Word. And, uh, C-word. and I guess, uh, Monica, we can say that you are another Captain Cook. Is that right? <laughs> Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Karen. Uh, you could say that, except I'm nowhere near being a boat captain. I've <laughs> sailed, but you know that part still eludes me. Right. So, 
so Monica, you were you were the you were you had the privilege of sailing with your husband, uh, Captain Jay Grant, who we interviewed last week, um, yeah. on Seaward going down the coast. I guess you left in December and and traveled down to the Sea of Cortez and back. And you were the cook as well for all of that voyage. Um, how was that cooking down below in the galley when you're in the seas? Well, it, it was a range of things, actually. Uh, as far as cooking on a boat goes, it was luxury because uh, my previous professional boat cooking experience, I actually had to work in what I equate to a hobbit hole, a very small, no space. I had to sit down to do most of my work. Even on our own boat, it's a small galley, as most boat owners would know, but on Seawoods, uh, it was quite well appointed. You could probably fit four people in the galley. You couldn't all be doing things. But uh, we had a brand-new stove. Jay had been working hard with the crew in the months leading up to the voyage, and they'd refitted the galley with a new stove, and everything had been painted. It was nice and fresh, and huge refrigeration area, big freezer, lots of workspace. So as far as cooking on a boat goes, I found it quite good. Of course, there will be other boats that are much better appointed, but this was great. I remember reading a book about... uh, uh a couple that were on a, a boat and they were stranded on an island, but they were still able to bake cakes on the boat. And I was sort of surprised by that. What is maybe, I don't know if that's elaborate too, but what is maybe one of the more elaborate meals that you're able to conjure up on such a thing? You could pretty much do everything. I mean, I, I made birthday cakes on board. So we had one of our guests had a birthday and I made a double layer birthday cake. Uh, same for our crew. One of our crew had a birthday on board, and we made her that cake as well. Um, we did soups. We did baked chickens. We did stir fries. Lots of salads. I mean, particularly being in Mexico, it's uh, we had an abundance of papaya and pineapples and mangoes. Lots of lovely fresh fruit and veggies down there. Um, we even, on one of our... Well, actually, on the trip going from Newport down into Baja, we caught some fish and we turned that into ceviche and sashimi and baked fish. You can do anything. It's just a matter of being organized. Now, what kind of um, – st- I assume that the gimbaled stove that you have, is it propane um, or, or compressed natural gas or alcohol? It, it is propane. We have three tanks up on deck. And the lines run down into the galley, and there is a, oh, I don't know exactly what you call it, but it's a, it's a safety mechanism whereby you have to switch on the gas at the wall, and then you can light the stove. It's, uh, it's auto ignite with the, the piezo ignition both on the, in the oven and on the stove top. And then you turn the gas off at the wall again. It just helps remove the gas or keep the gas out of the lines and reduce the possibility of, uh, fires. What would be maybe if you could share with us, I mean, it sounds all very leisurely, but we know that a squall can appear out of nowhere. Is, is there a moment of peril that you can look back on now and maybe not laugh, but uh, share with us? I wouldn't say peril as such. Um, really, in the Sea of Cortez, the worst was when we were crossing from Puerto Vallarta over to La Paz, and we had three days of rough weather. And then on our passage back from Cabo to Sausalito, we, we hit a, a couple of patches of, of rough seas and high winds. But I, I guess the most perilous thing 
that would happen in a galley situation is that you have a full pot of something hot on the stove and uh, it's in danger of tipping. Even with the gimbling, unfortunately, it doesn't. it's not ideal or it's not foolproof because you have a heavy pot on one side of the stove. It tends to want to swing to the heaviest side, so you have to counterbalance it with something on the front. So it's, it's challenging at best, and, and even just carrying a hot pot of soup upstairs to uh, serve dinner on deck, one day I misbalanced and... Uh, was in danger of throwing the soup all through the cockpit, but somehow managed to put the soup down and then fall over. Ah, oh, but you, but you, you didn't get injured. I take it. Say so again. You didn't get injured. No, no, just just a bruise of ego. <laughs> no, no, I remember coming back up the on the Baja Bash, um, just just a short, uh, you know, when when the seas were significant and there was pitching and so forth have you ever been cooking when you had to deal with the pitching i know when i was on my cot i would actually levitate off the cot maybe (laughs) two or two or three feet sometimes (laughs) did that ever happen with pots where they just come up off the the stove but that has not happened to me fortunately i have had things slide across the galley uh, across the countertop so i try to use non-slip mats whenever possible but occasionally uh i forget or i haven't quite got to it yet nothing actually spilled in the galley although we did have a bottle of olive oil somehow fly its way across the salon uh through pitching and rolling but uh no that's that's the worst we've experienced fortunately got more questions from monica grant cook i'm always you know uh, intrigued by the fact that it's lawless out there, especially in the Sea of Cortez. There's no U.S. Coast Guard that's going to help you. And it's not like there's Somali pirates everywhere. But as once again, no one's going to come help you. So are you guys armed to the teeth? Do you have pistols and shotguns? Or do you sort of feel like if you carry trouble, you're looking for trouble? Personally, I've never carried anything like that. Uh, never been in a situation where I felt it necessary and I don't know, there's two schools of thoughts on it. It's good to be protected if you need it, but at the same time, it could also be if you carry trouble, you're looking for trouble. Um, At best, we would have kitchen knives and our own ingenuity, I guess. Monica, when you were down, when when did you were down in the Sea of Cortez when you found out about the coronavirus? Did you have to go shopping or or have store, you know, stores brought to you for? Your well, trip we down there. How, did, how, did, how did that work? I mean, how did, how did obtaining food work when you were dealing with the coronavirus down in Mexico before you came back on this voyage? It really wasn't that apparent to us, Karen. We knew, we heard the news um, probably most significantly in the last three to four weeks before we came back. That's when we realized how serious everything was. It, we were quite sheltered in Mexico. We didn't notice anything until we actually got to, uh, I think it was in Cabo. San Jose del Cabo was our last port before returning to Sausalito. And we did do uh, some provisioning there. And the supermarket had everybody who was working there was wearing masks and gloves. And they were wiping down all the uh, cart, shopping carts. And they had sanitizers at the doors. As far as stocks go, there was plenty of everything. There's nothing apparent 
other than the uh, the masks and gloves, etc. So it, during asked, the time, go on. Sorry. Sorry, I thought you were done. I have um, been asking our guests this uh, ever since the the pandemic, and that is, do you let, let's say you got word when you were at sea. Don't come to the mainland. Everyone's infected. We're all zombies. Don't go to any civilized place. What would be the island that in the Pacific that you would head to, your sort of private Pitcairn's island? Do you have a plan like that? Well, if I told you my private plan, then everyone would know and they'd all want to go there. <laughs> we, we had actually on, on the, the trip before we left Mexico and during our passage joked about going everywhere. Uh, starting at Hawaii, going over to uh, the South Pacific Islands, even as far as Australia, because I have a home there and everyone would be welcome. Uh, whether our stores would last that long or not, I don't know. You are also a sailor, Monica, and you've been sailing all around the world with, with Jane on different occasions. What is your favorite role in as crew on the boat? Favorite role is probably uh, one that hasn't happened for me yet. <laughs> that is to not have to do anything that I don't want to do and to be able to just enjoy the scenery, pitch in in, in every situation um, and sit back and just, just write about it and take photos. That would be my ideal role. But uh, in the meantime, and- being, being a cook is pretty good. And finally, Monica, I remember my um, relatives in, in Germany used to make fun of me that I like cars with an automatic transmission. They say it's not really driving. And I'm like, well, I had a car with a stick for years, and I'm just tired of it. So for you, if you had a luxury yacht, you could do that. You could put your feet up and just let everything mostly take care of itself. But in your mind, is that truly sailing? Or, no. you know, how do you no, feel about that? All. No, I, I think sailing is definitely hands-on. If you're not hands-on, then you're not really sailing, and then you have nothing to talk about, nothing to write about. So uh, on Seaward, we had to man the helm 24 hours a day. It doesn't have auto helm. It doesn't have any covering in the cockpit, so we were out there in the rain, wind, sunshine, whatever the weather gods threw at us. And although we constantly thought about hot drinks and hot tubs at home, if, if we'd sat in the cockpit and been able to automatically drive everything, the experience wouldn't have been anywhere near as exciting. Monica Grant Cook from the C Word. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you, Monica. Good to see you Thanks, again. Thanks, right. And uh, Karen, we got a couple minutes here. How much do you buy into the the old adages? I mean, so much of of what we say in America are terms from British sailors and just catchphrases like, you know, red skies at night, sailors delight, red skies in the morning, sailors take warning. Are those things true mostly? Actually, you do study the skies and the clouds, especially if you're sailing on the ocean, to look at the signs because you, whatever the forecast was, um, it's not usually accurate exactly where you are. And so, uh, you know, you can be, in some particular position in the bay or on the coast or in the ocean, and you have to pay attention to what the clouds and what the water looks like. And when you're out there, do you say, you know, port, starboard, bow, stern, or left, right, front, back? Oh, definitely. <laughs> you're going to use um, 
uh, starboard and port and, and bow and stern, and you, you, know, you have specific directions because you don't have a lot of time when you're communicating, and you want to make sure not to use terms loosely. You have to know that if you say, please, you know, do this, that you're going to have the exact term that that the person you're talking to, your your mate, is going to, to know exactly what you want if you're the, at the helm or if you're taking instructions from the helm so that you can act quickly and work together. Yeah, it's like uh, the term keel over. That, that happens with people, too, and we don't want that to happen. Karen, thank you so much. Stay safe, <laughs> and uh, we'll okay. talk to you next week. We'll see you back again, 937 next week, Tuesday. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Titillating Sports. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. They want your money. And guess what? They can legally take it. All of it if they want. Remember, they sent you that letter that said, hey, you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you. So what do you do? Fight back by letting our team of experts at the tax helpline work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. And we're good at what we do. When you hire us, you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money. So if you owe the IRS a ton of cash and you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. 800-932-1749. 800-932-1749. That's 800-932-1749. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. 
As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. That's right, annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. 800-720-5971-800-720-5971-800-720-5971-800-720-5971. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. Oh, come now. Don't be ashamed. We all have our idiosyncrasies. wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you. All right. Thank you for that one hour down. Coming up after the uh, break, we're going to talk to uh, a guy who's written a new book about Yogi Berra. Not Yogi Berra. We're also going to have the Navy SEAL Mark Devine. He's going to come in and knock me out. And Bruce Marshall. And then in the third hour, we're going to have a guy who's uh, written a book about the future of video gaming. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Landon Castle, NASCAR driver, will be one of our guests. By the way, the newscast coming up right now, bless their hearts, but um, in the last newscast they had at the top of the hour, the presenter said, breaking news, former president Barack Obama has announced, and right then in my head I thought, he's going to be the vice president with Biden. Oh, my gosh. That would be a winning ticket. And the guy goes, has announced that he will endorse Joe Biden for president. This is like Santa Claus, breaking news. He has announced that he is endorsing Christmas. Yes, Santa Claus has announced that he is pro-Christmas presents. Isn't this, as Norm MacDonald used to say, the uh, lead article in the new uh, edition of the magazine, duh? Was <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it'll help Biden, but was Obama thinking about endorsing Trump? Or what do you say? Mm, I think you should vote for Elizabeth Warren. I don't know. Is that really news? I guess so. Come on back. We got another two hours. Travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. 
So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Welcome back to the show. I'm Rick Tittle. You're you. What you got? It's kind of a Chevy Chase. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. Remember when he was on Saturday Night Live? Do you know Chevy Chase was only on Saturday Night Live for one season? That was it. And then he hit the high road. That's why, uh, you know, outside of doing Weekend Update and Land Shark, that's about all we had from him. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, quarter total ball, chess, checkers, rugby, cricket. In fact, we're going to talk a little baseball on the other side, and we're going to have John Pessa. He has, uh, I'll tell you what's Nessa, Dr. Nessa. You ever see high anxiety? All right. Uh, he's written a book called Yogi, A Life Behind the Mask, <clears throat> and um, I got to meet Yogi Berra one time, it's about 20 years ago in Las Vegas. We were at a nightclub. And- no. I'm going to tell that story. Um, Navy SEAL Mark Devine has a new book called Staring Down the Wolf. And I'm staring down the wolf. Order nine. Uh, And then uh, Bruce Marshall will join us from Vegas. Speaking of Vegas. Talk about the gold sheet. What's that? Uh, Prognostication, sensation, elevation, titillation, Tim Roy. And 1140, Austin Moorhead will join us, the author of Young Guns, Obsession, Overwatch, and the Future of Gaming. I never liked that cowboy movie. That was sort of a boy band cowboy movie. Some people are like, oh, it was tremendous. Uh, Not so much me. But uh, your calls as well, 800-878-PLAY. Once again, 800-878-7529. There's the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app. They're there. Why do I mention them? Because you can hear our programming. Also through our website, sportsbyline.com. Click listen live. If you'd like to write me an email, rick at sportsbyline.com. I should probably check to see if anybody's emailed. I always say that during the show, and then I remember like an hour after the show. Like, oh, yeah. And then uh, also um, you can get us on your TV set, HBO, Cinemax. Go to CRN Digital Plus 2. The uh, Cable Radio Network Channel 2, Cable Provider, we're there 24-7. Big shout-out to troops listening on American Forces Radio Network all over the world as well. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? 
Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute Absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student Loan Advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. Your business ideas need room to run wild. But there's no room for error when you're raising the bar. A reliable partner can make a real difference. That's the role of a realtor. An irreplaceable expert who represents your values. A reassuring voice of reason helping you research and reach the right decisions. So you can run your business without running the risk. Is your agent a realtor? Look for the R. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Flo here with a word that's just weird. Terry cloth. Who exactly is Terry? And why does he get his own fabric? Did he journey below SPF 50? Fight off some weeds and his daffodils? Hmm. How about a word for everyone? Flotection. Yeah, I just made it up. But I'm not making up how great it feels when me and Progressive protect your new home. Ever think of that, Terry? No. Terry only thinks of himself. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hour two of titillating sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Hour two of titillating sports. Hey, check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Tittle. All right, uh, check me out. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast on AFN Worldwide. It's our pleasure to welcome author John Pessa. He has a new book called Yogi, A Life Behind the Mask. Of course, talking about the great Lawrence Barra. And um, John, welcome to the show. And the the first question I have is, you know, a lot of um, history books are, are written or biographies written every year on subjects that we sort of feel have been covered 
obviously you felt Yogi Berra had not been covered. What was it about the project where you said, look, I got to do, I got to do the real bio on this guy? Uh, first, hi, Rick. I hope everything is going well uh, out there. Um, Yogi was someone I've been fascinated with uh, probably my whole life. He was my father's uh, favorite player. Um, I, I grew up as a Yankee fan and saw the end of Yogi's career, and a lot has been written about him, and most of it is, was dominated by Yogiisms and, the, and, and almost a caricature of, of who he was. And I'd been, uh, I started in journalism in 1974, and I was just um, really uh, uh, intrigued about diving, you know, doing a deep dive into his life and finding out who, who he really was. And he was a uh, far more complicated um, and interesting person than just, uh, you know, the yogiisms that everybody knows him for. So, um, and I also... I had just finished a book called The Game that was about steroids and labor wars and baseball in the silly era, and I wanted to do something that was going to put a uh, smile on people's face. And you, and as soon as I thought about that, I thought about Yogi. And when I mentioned the people that I was who I was writing about, sure enough, they had a smile on their face. And that I, I just wanted to do, do that kind of book as well. You know, it's interesting when, uh, you know, I was born in the 60s and being from Oakland, a huge A's fan. And when I was a little kid playing Little League Baseball, the when the A's won three straight World Series, of course, they beat the Mets in 72. And Yogi Berra was the manager. And I just remember even then kind of being in awe. He was such a big name. And you knew about, what, 10 rings as a player and three more uh, after that. And so... That's what I think was so great about him. He was this larger-than-life character. But then I got to meet him near the end of his life in Vegas at a, um, a charity event, and I, I couldn't believe how teeny he was. He just Now, look, I know that people look very fragile when they get old, but you, know, you think of a major league catcher. He, he was one of the smallest guys I ever met, and I just had even more respect for him because he wasn't a huge you know, athletic specimen. No, he was actually, he was kind of, um, when you looked at him in his prime, uh, it looked like he was put together with spare parts. He had the arms and, and the torso of someone who was 6'2". He had the legs of someone who was 5'6". Um, big shoulders, uh, hit his neck, um, didn't look like an athlete. But, boy, when he got on, a, on any kind of field, but especially baseball, he was exceptionally quick. He was surprisingly fast, had a great arm off the charts hand-eye coordination and uh you know at his prime he was you know five eight if you stretch it a little bit 180 pounds and, and solid muscle this is a guy who caught uh, for six years he averaged 145 out of 154 games behind the plate um he would he would catch 20 plus double headers a year and you've got to be incredibly strong to hold up under that kind of uh, that kind of schedule, plus the fact that you were expected to win, which they did every year. I mean, only three years in Yogi's uh, 17 years with the Yankees did they not play in the World Series. So the pressure of being, uh, it was expected of being in the World Series and all the pressure of, of that kind of, uh, of wear and tear, he was a phenomenal athlete. What did the whole situation with his son Dale I mean I remember Dale on that Pirates team that won the World Series in 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 79 and everyone knew he was Yogi's 
son. And I think whenever you're a huge athlete, you're better off having your own name and not being a junior because obviously it's hard to live up to that. But, you know, he was part of that cocaine trial and the commissioner, Ubaroth, suspended Dale Barra. Did the did you find what effect that had on Yogi at the time? It, it was it was really hard. Um, look, I mean, Yogi was you know, the thing about athletes, I've been doing this since, like I said, 1974. And, you know, they are real people. They have real lives. They have real problems. You know, money doesn't solve everything. And uh, Dale got caught up in cocaine, um, not once, but three times. And um, the third time, um, Yogi and Carmen called a family uh, meeting. And uh, Dale was the last one to walk in. And Yogi said to him, look, uh, we're here to help, but you can't keep doing this. And if you keep doing this, you're out of the family. And as a parent, I got two sons. That had to be extraordinarily difficult to 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 put that ultimatum. Yogi and Yogi was not joking. He, he's not a joking type of guy in in that sense. And you know, Dale straightened up right after that because you know he put he realized that he was going to lose his family. I mean, he had already lost his his. His, his marriage fell apart because of it, and he's happily second marriage with, with two uh, beautiful young girls. But that time of, of their life, that was extraordinarily difficult in it uh, for them. And, you know, famous people, when things happen to them, um, it's in public. So, you know, yourself and, and, and myself as a parent, if we ever had to, God forbid, go through something like that, it would be in private. This was in the national papers. Um, that everybody knew what was going on, which was made it extraordinarily difficult. So yeah, it had it. It was a tough. It was a tough time, no question. A, a lot of people just sort of assume that Yogi Berra, you know, Italian guy, played for the Yankees, that he was a New York guy, but he was a St. Louis guy. And Branch Rickey running the cards before the Dodgers, he went with Joe Garagiola. And it's amazing to me to think, and if this is true, let me know, Yogi Berra and Joe Garagiola were best friends growing up? Lived across the street from each other. Joe was four years old. Um, Yogi was five. Um, Joe said, uh, and Joe Jr., um, Joe's uh, son, was a great source and friend for this book, um, and said, you know, I never knew a day in my life when I didn't know Yogi Berra. I mean, they were like brothers. And, uh, And Joe looked. Um, Joe was a good athlete, and he looked the part. Six foot two, back then, um, full head of hair, well spoken. I mean, he looked like the classic player, and he could play. And Ricky thought this was my guy. And he looked at Yogi, and he said right to Yogi's face, "Look, son, I'm doing this for your own good. I don't think you're any more than a AAA player, and we're looking for people that can go all the way." Ricky didn't make a lot of mistakes, but that's a big one. And it ended up benefiting Yogi because Yogi would have been Larry Berra. He played two years after that for the American Legion, and that's where he got his nickname, Yogi. Um, and he would have been Larry Berra, probably left fielder because he wouldn't have been a great catcher until he worked with, with uh, Bill Dickey, the Hall of Famer. Left fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals, great player, would have been in the Hall of Fame, but he wouldn't have been Yogi Berra. And we wouldn't have had Yogi Berra, and I think baseball and, and America would have been poorer for it. And it's amazing to me, I wish we had more time, but it's amazing me to think back that, you know, while we were storming the beaches of Normandy, he was on a Navy ship shooting guns at the positions on the shore, right? 
he had volunteered for a secret mission um, when they asked for volunteers, and it was something called rocket boats. And they were literally, there were 24 of them, uh, two of them, I mean, 12 of them to, to Omaha, 12 of them to Utah Beach where Yogi went. And they were literally the first line of that massive invasion, and their job was to, was to shoot rockets from the back of their boat. They had two rocket launchers on a 36 wooden hull boat uh, at the positions of the machine gun nests. So when, the, when the, they stormed the beaches, they, they wouldn't lose as many people. And Yogi manned a, a, a 50 miller, uh, millimeter machine gun. Um, and one of his um, terrible jobs was when the battle was over, um, it was their job to go through the water and, and bring back the bodies to the main ship. Uh. A shattering experience for anyone. World War II veterans don't talk a lot about their experience, and Yogi didn't, um, because you just want to bury that as deep as you can. No doubt about it. It's an amazing life uh, on and off the field. I want to recommend Yogi, A Life Behind the Mask. We've been speaking with the author, John Pessa. John, great effort, man. Congratulations on the book, and hopefully we'll uh, catch up soon. That's great. Thanks so much. All right, thank you very much. Coming up next, Navy SEAL Mark Devine on Titling Sports. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. 
Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I, I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. It doesn't really matter. I uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Speaking of American Forces, over the years I've had the pleasure to welcome many Navy SEALs to the program. And uh, right now, uh, let's do that again. Mark Devine has a new book. It's called Staring Down the Wolf, Seven Leadership Commitments That Forge Elite Teams. Mark, welcome to the show. You go to markdevine.com, as you know, and the first thing you see is a quote from you. It says, when a bad thing happens, you can let it destroy you, define you, or strengthen you. Choose wisely. And in a, I know it's a bit dramatic, but in a way, we all kind of are faced with this right now. We didn't suffer the type of dangers and perils that you did, but we all right now can choose to act like victims or try to get on with it right now, right? That's right, Rick. Uh, by the way, thanks for having me on the show. But, you know, that, that's kind of a fundamental truth, isn't it? Like we get to choose our reality, but oftentimes uh, we don't really recognize that or we're not forced into that choice until the crisis hits. You know, as SEALs, we were taught that the crisis is the normal. And so we were taught to always kind of cultivate the outcomes we wanted in our attitude and in our mind and also uh, with a team. Like we were never alone. And what a, what a perfect time to, to really look at your attitude, look at your mindset toward, you know, who's really in control. Is it you or is it the government or is it COVID-19? And also to recognize that you're not in this alone. Like it, you got your family, you got your tribe, but also, you know, we are in this together. And so let's, let's band together as a team, a team of teams that can, uh, you know, can get through this positively and stare down that wolf of fear. Well, the the first uh, principle or commitment you have for this is courage and right. maybe not the courage to face live rounds coming at you. But sometimes it takes courage for people just to commit to something or to say, I'm right. not going to drink. I'm not going to eat this bad food. And so courage comes in, in different ways, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people just courage to get out of bed. The reason I call them commitments is 
it's almost like a, a two-way street. It does take courage to commit to something um, that will, you know, that is difficult, that is uncomfortable. But it's also a commitment to develop the courage to develop those things. And so if, if the commitment comes first, and if you're committing to yourself, and you're saying, I'm not going to let myself down, and then I do little things that are courageous every day that move me in the direction toward that thing that I'm most uncomfortable with, then we tend to foster greater courage. And so you can do, think about this in the context of you know, build, building a Navy SEAL. Like every Navy SEAL starts out as a SEAL candidate, not as a fire-breathing dragon you know, elite warrior, right? They, they literally cultivate courage in these little steps every single day until they can take on, they'll run toward the sound of gunfire and take out the enemy. And everyone listening can do that. So what is it that you most fear or that makes you most uncomfortable? And then choose just one small thing that you can do today that's going to chip away at that discomfort. Like commit to that and then go build some courage. And that's why, you know, you talk about Navy SEAL training, and, and I had Rob Roy and some others on. And if you sure. even had a thought, like maybe I'll bilge out and ring the bell, you, you never were going to make it. You have to basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to be a Navy SEAL, before you even start, you have to say the only way I'm leaving here is if I'm dead, right? I mean, that's the only way you can get through that is to make that type of commitment. Right. And then you got to take it day by day, too, right? And this is a good metaphor for what we're going through. If you think about, let's say you're a business owner, and you're like, oh, you know, I, my business is shut down. I'm sitting around waiting for the government to dole me out some, you know, SBA loan that may or may not happen, or I'm waiting for the unemployment check to come in. And the question is, what are you doing today to improve yourself? What are you doing today to deepen your connection with your family and your team? What are you doing today to improve your situation so that when or if that other stuff does happen, that you're going to come through this stronger, more focused, more aligned, and, you know, hitting the ground running. And so, yes, you have to have the attitude in the SEAL training that, you know, they'd have to kill me to get me out of here. At the same time, you've got to show up every single day and do what we call earning your trident, which means basically earning your courage, earning the trust, and earning the respect of the team. And so in that regard, this is a great opportunity for everyone to take a look at their, their main asset, which is themselves, and say, what can, what can we do different, what can I do better, and what can I do now to, you know, to come through this stronger? Because you know, doubt is eliminated by action alone. Action happens right now, right? Not tomorrow, not next week. It's right now. Was that probably the only time in your life that you were happy with the pain of having that trident punched into your chest? <laughs> you know, we were so elated on graduation day that we barely felt it when they punched that thing into our chest. And, you know, this kind of proves my point. You would think that we would, you know, have, have celebrated for weeks on end. And we just graduated the hardest training in the world. And, you know, when I went through training, we had 185, you know, just ridiculously fit, hardcore guys. 19 of us graduated. I was oh. the honor man or number one graduate of my class, and my entire boat crew was there with me. Like, we got through the training together. And, yeah, we went out that night, and we drank some shots of tequila, and we had a good old time. And then guess what? The next day, we started training again. And it was just <laughs> like another day. It's another day, right? So every day is important. My martial arts master used to tell us, one day, one lifetime, meaning you have a lifetime of opportunity 
today to improve yourself, to move forward, to live, you know, the totality of your existence, what are you going to do about it, right? That's the question. What are you going to do about it? And, and, you know, having things shut down by COVID to me or by the government, actually, to me, this is a great opportunity to just take a deep breath and recognize the beauty around you, recognize the awesomeness of all the other people and how we're struggling, you know, our struggle is a collective struggle. We're going to get through this, you know, together. It's not, you're not alone, you know. Last question for you, because I know you got to run. I rem- I just want to know how much you miss active duty, because when I was in college and we had the Grenada thing, my, my dad retired as a yeah. lieutenant commander in the Navy, and I remember him telling me, oh, I, I'm missing it. I, I wish I could be there. I can't believe I'm not there. I'm like, Dad, you're 50. You know, you had your time. You chased <laughs> Russian subs when, when Eisenhower was president. But do you ever kind of feel that way? Yeah, the the team is an incredible feeling. Like I really wish everyone listening would can find that sense of deep connection we had as teammates. You know, where you're willing to lay down your life for someone and and they for you. I really do think that someday we'll find that. Right? We just, you know, we will find that in our culture. But you know, I got to tell you, Rick, when um when I heard that they were gonna think about or maybe they were i know the army is i don't think the navy is but they're going to bring guys back from retirement you know but they're these are like medical professionals i did have a like a little twinge of excitement i was like oh maybe they'll bring me back from retirement (laughs) because it is exciting and that but you know at the same time it's a young man's game i'm 56 and i get to train the next generation of warriors through seal fit and through my unbeatable mind training so i'm i'm close enough and i feel very fortunate to be able to uh help shape the, the elite forces of the future, so to speak. Well, he's one of the best when it comes to mental, physical wellness, and leadership. We've been speaking with New York Times bestselling author Mark Devine, also the founder of SealFit. The new title is Staring Down the Wolf, Seven Leadership Commitments That Forge Elite Teams. Mark, great stuff, man. Thanks as always, and, and not just for what you did, but as you say, uh, what you're doing right now, we really appreciate it. Rick, thank you, and I appreciate what you're doing as well. Hoo-yah. All right, uh, good stuff there. Oh, we got a little hoo from him. Um, 1-800-878-PLAY uh, is time to get in. And um, I remember I had Rob Roy on, who was a famous Navy SEAL chief as well. And um, he was uh, on because he was talking about how he was the uh, military advisor to the SOCOM video games. And I remember him telling me that you know, it, think about that, what Mark just said. He was, out of 185 guys, 19 made it, and he was number one. So, yeah, I think that automatically makes you a badass, even if you never do anything ever again. Remember Rob Roy telling me that, uh, not Liam Neeson, but he said that the most muscle-bound linebacker football player dudes were the first one to ring that bell. And when you bilge out like that and you ring the bell, you get to put down your helmet and then you leave. And you get to go home and you get to hang out in a hammock with a milkshake and your pretty girlfriend and all the things they tell you about. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's what most of us pick, by the way. (laughs) So thank goodness we got people like Divine out there. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Byline. Bruce Marshall on the other side.
Attention homeowners. Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes, or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer. They specialize in buying any home, no matter how ugly the situation. Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever. They buy the ugliest houses with instant closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now. 800-426-2301. 800-426-2301. That's 800 Four two six twenty three zero one. Matthew. Oh, oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family, or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003 800-485-6003 Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Gotch brings it in. Sharks get it out. Here's a breakaway. Patrick Marlowe cares about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle with you. And it's uh, always great to catch up with Bruce Marshall. We try to do it once a week, our friend in Vegas who 
does the gold sheet for all your prognosticating needs. And we always bring in Bruce to talk about the National Hockey League. And, uh, of course, there are things going on off the ice as the league is uh, suspended. And uh, we should probably just start right off with the terrible news of uh, Colby Cave uh, passing away at the age of 25. And it's just beyond sad. And that would be a huge headline even if uh, the the league was playing. But uh, just, you know, one of those things that just is uh, kind of a shocker there, Bruce. I know, Rick. Yeah, very sad. I mean, only 25. And, and we saw, I mean, some of this, it got a little bit lost for a bit in all of the other news here when he was ill and into the hospital there. But uh, really sad Edmonton fans and, and NHL fans because only 25, very, very sad. Okay, no doubt about it. We know that, um, and we'll get into some of the uh, rumors coming up about when or if this gets going again, but uh, just today... Uh, Drew Doughty, who's a, of course, great player for the Kings and as a Sharks fan, I, I despise him, but that's just my fandom talking. He's a great <laughs> player for the Kings in Canada. But he said, um, honestly, I don't see how this season is going to return. I really don't. We have no idea when this virus is going to be over. We're all just kind of sitting at home, hoping to return this season, hoping to watch playoffs return. But we're just sitting here waiting, working out, being ready at any point. I think the NHL would have made some kind of decision on that soon. It seems like it's pretty tough to resume the season or the playoffs, end quote. And, you know, as we go along, it, it does seem that way. I mean, you know, baseball was just getting started when this happened. And the NFL, of course, hasn't happened yet. But, I mean, we were right in the middle of the NBA and the NHL. So what do you think about what Dowdy said? Yeah, you know he's 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 probably right. Although, um, and you know, here we are in the mid-April now, and there hasn't been one move yet made that is less restrictive than the previous move. So maybe that will start turning around at some point. But it's just so hard to predict. And even uh, as the months move on, I mean, uh, boy, this has been kind of a long month when you think about it. But uh, you know, we're already mid-April, and then uh, at some point, the the, the uh, uh, the hourglass is going to run out on on, on on this season, and then whenever you come back, it's got to be thinking about the next season. So there's a time frame at some point in the summer it would have to resume if they're going to do it. I think by me, if I look at it, um, the, the NHL and NBA, maybe even baseball, which is also uh, – which has talked about coming back down in Arizona – uh, the uh, you know whoever comes back first, I think, is going to really be embraced by the nation's sports fans. Now, how they do it, I don't know. Um, I think any of these leagues are going to have to decide at the outset whenever they come back. It's probably not going to be with fans, so they have to decide when do they want to do that. How's the TV stuff going to work? Um, and uh, like we had talked about before, I mean, and I'm not sure how with with such a lag between the end when the season ended back in March and when they restarted, how that works with the TV contracts. They normally had to get to 70 games, uh, a 70 game season to fulfill all the uh, contracts that were out there for the regional TV networks. And also there's some financial things involved, but these leagues are going to just, they'll have to decide at the start if they want to play with no fans in the stands. And then too, this is just down the road further. Um, even if this stuff slowly starts getting lifted, um, will fans, how long will it be before fans even want to go back, um, and, um, in, into arenas and stadiums, arenas in particular, uh, even if this stuff lifts mid later part of the year, 
are fans going to rush right back out to go into a, to a big arena like that? I don't know. Um, but I think short term, you know, we might, if they're going to play, we might have to get used to all these sports playing with uh, no fans in the stands and uh, watching it becoming a studio sport. Then the big question down the road is what's football going to do in the fall? We've got a couple months to think about that, but that's suddenly looming a little bit more prevalent on the horizon. Yeah, I think people are going to be a little gun-shy, rightfully so, to sit shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with somebody coughing. Uh, we already didn't like the guy coughing next to us uh, when this happened before. A couple more questions for Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet. Uh, we heard from the longtime Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly a couple days ago on ESPN, who was talking about, you know, still saying our perspective, of course, is for public health and safety. But we did get um, some, you know, we were talking about Grand Forks, North Dakota. A couple more cities uh, have piped up for possible neutral site playoffs, and that is Manchester, New Hampshire, and Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So, I mean, they're really going out, <laughs> I don't want to say the boondocks, but some very small venues. I guess Saskatoon makes sense, but Manchester, New Hampshire at the college up there, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, uh, it's not Manchester's not you know that far from Boston, but I mean it's still a small place. Saskatoon, that's interesting. We talked about Grand Forks last week. I remember when the Blues were talking about moving to Saskatoon about 35 years ago. They didn't do it. I still think. I mean, if, there, if this is going to be sort of a a, a studio league, um, you know, what, I mean, I think they ought to consider Las Vegas. That had been floated a little bit early on. It doesn't seem to be mentioned lately. But uh, the Golden Knights practice facility actually has a, has a small grand. There's two two rinks they have sort of uh, adjacent to one another in there, and they could play games at the same time and take it. If now Las Vegas is going to have to lift some of these restrictions too on just getting people playing games on the same on the same uh, sheet of ice, not not to mention fans. But there there are some grandstands there, and they could do it uh, in in Vegas and, and house the players there. It would seem to me like that would be a lot better for the players. Now, you're getting into summer then, and can you keep the ice uh, good? But they that that facility where the Golden Knights are, that's open all year, even in the summer. There's people ice skating in there. So I think they've got the climate controls enough in there they could, they could do it. Um, I would like that to be – I think the players would be a lot more amenable to that. Um, and that, that would still work to me. That's, I don't think you need all the multiples of places like – baseball is talking about i think you can do it with just you know a couple sheets of ice and if you started playing games you know it's it's it, i think that might be a possibility so i i could see vegas getting back into this mix at some point too we've seen a lot of uh sports try to take things online and you know nba 2k and major league baseball doing simulated games on mlb the show on playstation we saw with nascar back-to-back weeks one guy rage quits and loses sponsor another guy drops a racial slur and gets fired so you got to be careful but with hockey anyway it just a couple days ago we had this new show called nhl hat trick trivia it's hosted by pk suban um with the devils now but it does it out of his home in la and they do it on the nhl nhl's uh facebook page their youtube page and he brings another player and they just have a little trivia contest i don't know that might seem like a safer bet to do and nobody gets fired that way huh <laughs> yeah, next to NASCAR, yeah, I guess it would be the more uh, 
preferred way to go. But it's funny how these you know, leagues are trying. They're trying to do something to keep people uh, occupied. I, I, I sort of like what MLB Network's doing. They're showing a lot of old games. I mean, we had the 82 World Series on the other night. We had the 75 World Series on, 78 World Series. Hey, guys like me who are Dodger haters, I didn't mind seeing uh, – Game three of '78. That was the Greg Nettles game with the Yankees over and over again. The Dodgers never win if I keep watching that game. So yeah. uh, I think creative they can do, that. and I think NHL Network has showed some great games from the past too. And I think that's that's a good way to go for people to to keep watching. You can still watch games even if you know the score. If some of these games are good enough, you don't mind watching them again. You know, we got news yesterday, just as a as a Vegas question that um, even though I guess in the state of Nevada, construction is considered a necessary. Uh, job, so it continues. But of course, you need a lot of other people participating so that the construction of Allegiant Stadium might not be ready. And they're talking about other places to go. Obviously, Mark is never going to show his face in Oakland again, but they're talking about maybe playing in Phoenix, in Glendale, where the Cardinals play, maybe in Salt Lake City, uh, where the Utes play. Uh, I don't know, these different venues that they could have. And then, of course, San Diego, which of course would be sacrilege just as a as an update um nfl wise what do you think is going to happen with that stadium and with the raiders this fall well that's a good question rick and all of a sudden they're starting to talk about it here uh because there were some they, they did have some corona uh related uh shutdowns at the at the construction site there and you're right the suppliers coming in to get them ready it, it looked to me uh like uh, they were going to be tight to make the, the, the stadium ready. It was supposed to be late July. I think there's going to be a soccer at Real Madrid or somebody's supposed to come over here to open up the stadium that way. Uh, but I, this this was this is tight. It was a tight time frame anyway. So you know, I, I've been thinking about that too. They haven't been talking about it too much in Vegas, and, but um, now all of a sudden it's being whispered this thing might not be ready. UNLV can just go back to Sam Boyd Stadium. I did see that the other day. It's still still there so i guess unlv could still use it and they still own that one but the raiders i don't know i mean maybe they maybe they use phoenix i don't know if san diego would work uh i guess mark can't go back to oakland you're right um or salt lake um but uh, it's interesting we'll, we'll see how the nfl schedule which is supposed to come out the second week in may how they accommodate for some of this stuff but i think they got to start thinking and i and i, I guess the rams charger stadium um, is could have some of the same issues there. I think that might be a little bit further along than the, the Raiders stadium was. We'll see. Do you think in 10 years that Vegas will have all four big league? I mean, you'll have NBA and MLB there as well. Uh, it's possible. Uh, I know the NBA, the NBA does a lot with Vegas anyway with the, the summer league, um, but that would seem possible. The baseball one, eh. Uh, they would have to build a stadium, another stadium with a rolling roof on it, uh, because of the summer, like they do in Phoenix. With, with yeah, but I, 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 it's it's possible, but I think it's unlikely they have all four. I, I guess between NBA and and Major League Baseball, NBA might be more likely to show up here than baseball. Uh, but um, it's possible. Yeah. Have you been to an Aviators game at that new park? I have not, but I have been to right by where the park is, and it is adjacent, really, to the Golden Knights facility, which is right next to a really nice uh, shopping mall there in Henderson, all brand new. I'm not Henderson, I'm sorry, Summerlin. Beautiful place. Um, I, I don't know if that would be an expandable place to a big stadium, 
are not there. But for a minor league park, it's awfully nice, and it's, it was new last year. So, uh, I mean, they, they've been thinking about it. Uh, I mean, they've, they've upgraded at least the minor league, but to bring a major league team here, that'd be a pretty big jump. But, yeah, that, it's a very nice minor league park, yeah. Yeah, that neighborhood Cashman is in is not the greatest. But anyway, finally, no. the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. What's going on, buddy? Well, I'm putting some stuff up there, a lot of best of gold sheets. And, well, we do have the NFL draft coming up, and I did my NFL draft preview up there. They kind of previewed the first round, how I saw it going as of whatever day I put it up there last week. Now, there'll be some trades and things coming up before the draft, but I kind of went through it team by team and what they've been doing in the offseason thus far and then kind of offering my stab about who these teams might take in the first round. But it's a pretty good read, and it kind of gives you what the teams have been doing in the offseason, which I think is more interesting anyway. That's up there at goldsheet.com. No picks yet, but you can read some of my stuff at our website, goldsheet.com. Yes, the draft is just nine days away. There he is, Bruce Marshall, goldsheet.com. Bruce, thanks for your uh, insights, buddy. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, Rick. Thanks. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a good old break here and come on back on Byline. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how Simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call. That's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. They want your money. And guess what? They can legally take it. All of it if they want. Remember, they sent you that letter that said, hey, you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you. So what do you do? Fight back by letting our team of experts at the tax helpline work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. And we're good at what we do. When you hire us, you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money. So if you owe the IRS a ton of cash and you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. 800-932-1749. 800-932-1749. That's 800-932-1749. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. 
That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. I joined the Army because my father and my brother were in the Army. I thought I'd better join before I got drafted. Son, uh, there ain't no draft no more. There was one? Tittle always goes commando. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Emails rick at sportsbyline.com. I have an email here from Chrissy saying, Rick, is your favorite astronomer Copernicus? Well, Copernicus was the guy who in the 1400s said that, uh, I think we go around the sun. I don't think the sun goes around us. Although Aristarchus in BC times, he came up with the same thing, but I think they came up with it independently of each other. But uh, I liked Vesto Slipher just because that's one of my favorite names. I always thought it would be a great name for a band. You know, they have Franz Ferdinand, the Archduke. They just call the band Franz Ferdinand. Vesto Slipher, who spent his entire life, entire professional life, at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona, where he's buried. And he was the first astronomer to discover distant galaxies in the way – I forgot what he did. I just remember his name, Vesto Slipher, S-L-I-P-H-E-R, Mr. Flagstaff himself. Uh, another hour of great astronomers, and we'll also talk to Austin Moorhead about his new book, Young Guns. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. 
As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. That's right, annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. 800-720-5971. That's 800-720-5971. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces. We still have another hour together, and it's great that you are with us. Hope you're having a good day so far. Actually starting to get a little bit of good weather out here in San Francisco Bay Area, but I know a lot of you are still snowed in. It's a big country with a lot of different weather features, no doubt, but uh, always it's sunny and the sun shines on sports right right uh we might remember yesterday we were talking about how kyle larson the nascar star driver was suspended by chip ganassi racing and nascar for dropping an n-word during that uh, twitch live stream um well just in the last uh, couple hours he's now been fired the quote uh, is, after much consideration, Chip Ganassi Racing has determined that it will end its relationship with driver Kyle Larson. As we said before, the comments that Kyle made were both offensive and unacceptable, especially given the values of our organization. As we continued to evaluate the situation with all the relevant parties, it became obvious that this was the only appropriate course of action to take um, we already saw what uh, NASCAR said. They've suspended him without pay. Um, and then Larson was also informed this morning that three of his major sponsors have dropped him. One of them, no one big, just Chevrolet, McDonald's, and Capital One Bank. Larson said, I just want to say I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I said the word that should never be said. There's no excuse for that. I wasn't raised that way. That's just an awful thing to say. I feel very sorry for my family, friends, partners, NASCAR community, and especially the African-American community. And remember, this is a guy who's half Japanese that participated in the Drive for Diversity program. So it's unfortunate, but he knows that you can't say that and expect to keep employment. You just can't. So now what team picks him up? I mean, is his career over? His career might be over. Maybe you're saying good. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. Your business ideas need room to run wild. But there's no room for error when you're raising the bar. A reliable partner can make a real difference. That's the role of a realtor. An irreplaceable expert who represents your values. A reassuring voice of reason helping you research and reach the right decisions. So you can run your business without running the risk. Is your agent a realtor? Look for the R. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome. He's a genius. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. And um, we have an author coming up uh, in about a half hour. But until then, the lines are open, free and clear, at 1-800-87A-PLAY, the progressive guest line. Get your quote on progressive.com today. Um, we were just talking with Bruce Marshall about the NFL draft. Yes, the first round will be Thursday next week. <clears throat> and it's going to have a different feel to it, obviously, with the pandemic shutting everything down. One aspect that won't change is that the commish will announce the first round picks. Uh, I think Roger Goodell is a giant syncophantic uh, puppet clown. Um, but <laughs> he still is the commissioner. And um, Peter King... On NBC, um, let it be known that Goodell will announce the first-round picks from his basement. And Goodell will have an uh, in-home camera 
and uh, he lives in uh, Bronxville, New York. Now, we always talk about basement bloggers and living on your mom's couch and smoking a bong and all that. Eh, you can have a joke with that if you want. Here's the thing. What Roger Goodell calls his basement is, I'm sure, is not what you or and I call our basement. You know, it's sort of like in England, they always call their backyard the garden, and it's usually like a upside-down barbecue and some junk in about five square feet of space. It's not exactly a garden. But anyway, turning it around, um, not really a basement. But King also reported that during each pick, a virtual montage of 15 fans of the team on the clock will be the backdrop behind Goodell. And those fans reacting to the commissioner and whoever the team picks. Now, that's creative. I like that. Somebody <clears throat> at the offices in Manhattan um, try to spice things up. That's a good deal. And I don't know if it's going to be actual video fans or if it's just going to be, you know, uh, avatars or, you know, animated. But it's an interesting twist, as we know. Um, the thing I want to know is it's going to be on the ESPN and NFL Network. They say it's a co-production. So I guess we're going to see the same thing on both networks. Before, of course, you don't get the same thing. And ESPN, I think, does better coverage because they have Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all that. -na 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 -na, as they show the highlights. Um, but a lot of times I switch back and forth. I think Rich Eisen is just the cure for insomnia, boring. But the NFL Network doesn't get hung up on a lot of the interviews too much, I think, as much as ESPN, because a lot of times they'll be interviewing somebody and the other pick's almost going on, uh, at least when you get into the later rounds. I guess you won't be able to switch back and forth. So some other tidbits of the draft revealed by King <clears throat> is that the draftees, of course, will be in their home, and they have a limit of six people in picture. Who's to know what's behind? Is it a Dak Prescott party going on? Six people in the picture. And cameras, more about Dak in a second. The cameras will be sent to the homes of 58 prospects. Now, here's the thing. Where's my camera? Uh, we didn't send you one. But my agent says I'm going to be a first or second round pick. Yeah, you might want to talk to your agent about that. So I'm not getting a camera. But then again... I'm sure one of the cameras is going to go to somebody who's going to sit and sit. Aaron Rodgers, Brady Quinn, Geno Smith. Remember, Geno Smith left, fired his agent, and then came back to the green room <laughs> the next day. You said I was going to be a first-round pick. Well, uh, you're fired. I actually like that. You know, Not that I like anybody getting fired, but a lot of times they blow smoke up their behinds. I remember the kid... What's his name? Like Davis Gray or something. He was the Cal quarterback. When I went down and I saw Cal at Arizona State at Tempe, uh, he was the quarterback at the time. The Giants made him, um, I think, a, a third-round pick, and he was going to back up Eli, and that plan went out the window. But he did a tour, and he came to my other job at the time, and the agent was saying, we all know he's going to be a first-round pick. And I'm like, why are you telling him that? I, I, This isn't even what I do 24-7. And I know for a fact, look at the quarterbacks in the draft, look at the needs. There's no way. 
it's just <laughs> now people probably said that about Kenny O'Brien at Davis too, but there was just no way. And so Geno Smith was told the same thing. You're the top quarterback in the draft. And I think EJ Manuel was the only quarterback taken in the first round that year. You talk about us. Will there ever be a worse round of quarterbacks in the history of the draft? If you told me, is it possible to only have one quarterback in the first round? I would have said no. That's not possible. Not that drafts are fraught and rife with great talent at the QB position, but people will stretch. Like you, There's always a guy like a Jordan Love. He might suck. You know, he's a Utah State guy. But the talent is there. The body frame is there. Someone will take a chance. You know, it's just the Josh Rosens, the Josh. Someone's going to take a chance. EJ Manuel, the only first round quarterback. And he stunk. He stunk. So it's uh, that was an anomaly. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a draft where there's none. (laughs) Who's to say? But. Uh, six people in the picture to the 58 prospects who do get a camera. The time needed to select picks will remain the same next Thursday night in primetime, 10 minutes for round one. The Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock. They pass. Now they'll take Joe, Joe Burrow. Seven minutes, which is too long, in rounds two and three, and then five minutes in rounds four through seven. It is an improvement, though. Rounds one, round one used to be 15 minutes, and round two was 10, and then the rest were all five. But there's going to be an interesting way for the teams to make picks throughout these three days. Each team has a designated drafter. That drafter will be logged on to the league's Microsoft Teams private and encrypted draft channel, and they'll make the pick through that portal. But remember... It was John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, who said, I don't like this. Someone's going to get into our database. Well, for the draft anyway, look, I'm sure there are hackers right now in Bosnia laughing and spitting out their borscht and their pickled herring thinking about, ooh, Microsoft Teams encrypted draft channel. So who knows? And, And why would you do it anyway? I guess you would do it if I was a prankster and a lawless um CAD, I would go in and I would have the Denver Broncos now select Dick Hurts. You know, I would do that because I hate the Broncos. Then everybody would get a laugh and you go ba ba booey and blame it on Howard Stern. But um, for the backup plan, if this doesn't work, there is a special phone number to the NFL's vice president of player personnel. And yes, they have a vice president of player personnel, but it's not like we think. We don't those are the guys who evaluate and draft. But anyway, his name is Ken Fiore. And so you're on the website. You're on the website. Up, oh, it's been hacked from Russia, and everybody's drafting Phil McCracken. You can call Ken Fiore on a line. And then there is a muted conference call where the club can unmute their line and then announce their selection that way. So there's three ways. They've got plan B and plan C. You'll have the backup number, you'll have the conference call, which will be going on, and you'll have the designated drafter, your DD, on the website. So some NFL teams have planned to work out the remote draft, but the league has a good plan on how at least the selections will work. And uh, it's going to be interesting. 
you know, like we watched SNL, except this will be live. SNL, that whole webcam thing was not live. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker we have great rates for you as well at the term lifeline we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above so if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance call right now for a free quote rates and availability may vary by state sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify 800-807-1981 800-807-1981 that's 800-807-1981 Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-371-9608. That's 1-800-371-9608. Call 1-800-371-9608. Call now. Uh, what kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western.
Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy. That is some messed up stuff, and it hurts my feelings. And I'm going to have a good cry right now. <laughs> Coming up in the next segment, we're going to have author Austin Moorhead with us. The book Young Guns. Emilio Estevez. <clears throat> the Astros, how's that for a segue? They won the 2017 World Series. We all watched it. It happened. And some people want an asterisk next to that title, or they want a title vacated due to sign-stealing gate. I wouldn't be holding my breath. Time has passed. But on the flip side of that, the Astros, of course, they got their rings. Mike Fires, whistleblower, the little engine that squealed, tweet, tweet, he's got his. But one member, <clears throat> one member of the Astros organization is either down on their luck or they can't handle the shame because it's going on an auction site, Golden Auctions, Golden, G-O-L-D-I-N. Golden says this about it. Quote, presented here is a Justin's 10K Gold 2017 Houston Astros World Series ring featuring an intricately designed face which displays the team logo, the H created from diamonds, the star outlined in yellow gold, set with custom-caught orange sapphires and surrounded by blue sapphires. Additional diamonds surround the logo and adorn the top. One side of the ring is centered by the commissioner's trophy in yellow gold, set with one diamond in the center. The trophy is rising from an image of Minute Maid Park. Houston Strong appears at the very top, just above the year 2017, which is set with diamonds. The Roman numeral LVI appears to the right. A Houston skyline highlights the other side under the name Brito. A stadium facade and outline of the state of Texas appear below. Earned history appears on the back of the band. So <clears throat> I just assume auction houses are one of two. You have Christie's, which is, of course, lot nine. Um, here we have a painting by Vincent van Gogh. Or you have the other type of auction. Do I hear one? Do I hear one? Sold American hog. Five score hog. Well, this is obviously a ring that belonged to a guy named Brito. And it was David Brito, who was a former Astros scout. And right now, the top bid was $6,500. There's more than a month of this to go down. But <laughs> if you're an Astros fan and you want a piece of history, that's what's so funny. Earned history. Can you ever think <clears throat> of a more ironic thing to put on a ring where you cheated to get it? Earned history. Smith Bonney, they make money the old-fashioned way. John Houseman, they earn it. Earned history. I don't think so. But the sad thing is, is that the rings that the team gets, the players, are worth about $30,000. But the staff, the front office staff and the scouts, their rings are worth about five grand. It's just, even though they look exactly the same, it's just something to do with the quality of the diamonds or what have you. 
same size, and if you don't have that little, um, you know, Adam Sandler little eyepiece, you're not going to be able to uh, tell. So is that sad? I don't know. Who cares? One eight hundred eight seven eight play. Now speaking of cheaters, cheaters, we want a cheater, not a belly eater. What about them Red Sox? <clears throat> you know, Manfred said, blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche, another runner in the night. And he also said, oh, we've got the findings in. Yeah? yeah we'll let you know later. It's like that Brian Regan pit. You know, he moved into a new house and he called the phone company. And he's like, yeah, I just moved to a new house. I need a phone. Can you send somebody out? And the phone company said, oh, we don't do that anymore. We just flip a switch here. It just happens instantaneously. And he goes, oh, good. Um, uh, do you think you could flip the switch? Uh, we'll do it next Thursday. <laughs> okay. So it's been on the back burner due to the coronavirus, obviously, and MLB shut down. The findings are in. Uh, it's already cost, of course, um, Cora his job as a manager. It cost Carlos Beltran's job as a former Astro who was going to be the Mets manager. But on that front, the World Series MVP <clears throat> of 2018, do you remember who it was? Steve Pierce. He had a couple interesting things to say on Boston radio station WEEI. Now, this is a guy who's 37 years old. He played parts of 13 years in the majors. But he basically said the allegations were a joke and his team's going to be vindicated. He said, that's such a joke to us. When it came out, we were all kind of joking about it. We just want this to pass us. We want it fair and square. Whatever they accused us of, we were all kind of like, I can't believe this is even an issue. Once the report comes out, we're all going to be free. You don't like it, especially that we were the champions and individually I have that award. And we have this floating over our head when we just had an unbelievable season. We had the perfect team and great camaraderie with everybody. And this gets thrown out here. We're just like, what the heck? We just want this to pass us. We just want to play some baseball. Another bump in the road, I guess. End quote. Well, as I said, a bump on the road, and Alex Cora does not have a job. Um, by the way, Pierce, he retired because he can't get a job. Last season, he hit 180 as a 36-year-old, <laughs> and no one signed him. And fair enough. That's a great career, and I don't blame him. I'll, I would play, too, until they said, we don't want you anymore. But when you're 36 years old and you hit 180, but he played for the Bucks, the Orioles, the Sox, the Jays, the Rays, the Yanks, and the Astros. Yes, he played for the entire AL East. <clears throat> A respectable career, 766 games. You think it would be more, but as I said, he wasn't always a full-time guy. But he hit 254. 572 hits, 131 doubles, 91 homers, 303 RBIs, and 290 home runs. If you can play over a decade and hit 250, you have had a respectable career. I have proclaimed. I have bequeathed on him. Queef? Sorry. He will be most remembered, though, for the World Series MVP. 
And it was kind of a weird MVP because he only had four hits in the World Series. But three of those four hits went out of the park. And he had eight RBI. And he also walked four times. He never struck out. And he scored five runs. And if you're going to clinch in game five, which they did in every series in the playoffs, only lost one game. If you're going to clinch in game five and hit two home runs in that game, you're going to be the MVP, which he was. So interesting, though, because the Astros, remember, they said, we didn't cheat, we didn't cheat, we didn't cheat. And then it's like we cheated, and they're like, I would like to read a statement written by my agent and my lawyers. Sorry, we cheated. Like, what? Um, <clears throat> so I have not heard one Red Sox come out yet and say anything. <laughs> and uh, why would they? All right, one other thing, speaking of uh, Boston, uh, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, is trying to do what he can to give back to those on the front line of uh, COVID-19, um, doctors, nurses, other medical professionals. We know they risk their lives every day. And Ortiz wanted to know how thankful he is. And so he hopped on the show Some Good News with John Krasinski, who is Jim in the office, and who every time I see an ad for that Jack Ryan Amazon show, I just laugh. When I see him trying to look tough with his eyebrows raised, I, it's Jim. I'm sorry. I can't get it. Rick, it's a good show. I tried. Season one, I tried, and I just kept laughing every time he was acting tough with a gun. I can't get past the fact. It's like Dwight Schrute. I can't get past the fact that he's trying. Remember they did a School of Rock ripoff with him? But anyway, he went on John Krasinski's show, and um, he told the professionals at Boston's Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center that the Red Sox are donating four tickets for life to everyone at the hospital. So they'll just have four season tickets forever, which is uh, pretty cool. And Ortiz says, I got to tell you from the very bottom of my heart how much I love you and respect you for what you guys are doing, taking your lives, taking your time. That's something that goes beyond everything. So the Red Sox are going to donate four tickets to life for you and everyone at Bath Israel. And um, Krasinski said, I might be able to get Big Pappy on my show, but I'm not going to get the Big Poppy treatment. And he said, don't worry, buddy. I got you, too. I can tell you that John Krasinski does not need free tickets. I think he and uh, Emily Blunt have some cash. Come on back! And now, a page from the Diary of Flo. Dear Diary, the ghost is back. This house is protected through Progressive, but that doesn't mean it's not haunted. How else would you explain that radiator-like clanking sound? Or the moon-colored light in the hallway that's gone by morning? Maybe he never bundled home an auto, and he's doomed to suffer an eternity without the savings. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. <gasps> what was that wind-like sound? Oh, right, the wind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. 
Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Prepare your vehicle for the weather ahead during Superstart Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts with great deals on batteries and accessories. Plus, save on your next oil change with five quarts of Valvoline Max Life Motor Oil and a MicroGuard filter, just $28.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sorry. It's the, it's the pleats. It's actually an optical illusion. It's the pattern on the pants. It's not flattering in the the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the the pants store. Tittle is a majestic stallion. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you on Sports Byline, coast to coast, around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure now to uh, welcome to the show author Austin Moorhead. His new book, available in paperback and also digital, is called Young Guns, Obsession, Overwatch, and the Future of Gaming. Welcome to the show, Austin. And when you say young guns, we're talking young um how young is the youngest professional esports player right now uh kind of depends what you define as a pro if we're talking about someone who's making money streaming online i mean they could be as young as, as 13 years old you know wow. uh but if we're talking about overwatch league specifically which which the book covers uh they have a minimum age of 18 to play in the league now that's the owl the overwatch league something that you've been obsessed with and i think when I saw Joe Lacob of the Warriors 
go out and buy a team and you think about people with cash putting money in and the owner of the Patriots and the Rams and the Mets. I mean, when you saw this, these guys aren't dumb and they're pretty stingy with their money. And it kind of showed you that this league is going places here. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see, you know, the guys like you mentioned, Kraft and Kroenke and Wilt and the Wilpon group putting on $20 million for a team that's essentially, you know, a half dozen to a dozen teenagers. So that, 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 that did surprise me. It kind of drew my attention. Uh, the Warriors group, actually, they, they turned down uh, an Overwatch League franchise. They bought a League of Legends franchise instead. Oh, that's it. It actually looks pretty smart uh, in retrospect. <laughs> that's the thing that's kind of scary, though, because you think about a game that comes out and everyone plays Fortnite, and then a couple weeks later, like, oh, ah, it's for little kids. What's the next thing? And that can be a little bit challenging because, you know, all of a sudden, whatever's clever is no longer cool. Yeah, exactly. So first, Overwatch League had to deal with Fortnite coming on the scene, which is was a cultural phenomenon. I mean, everyone was playing that. So now the uh, Riot, which makes League of Legends, has released a Valorant, which is another first-person shooter. And so the Overwatch League kind of minor league system, it's called Contenders. You just saw this mass exodus from Contenders players who just decided they'd rather go try to be a Valorant pro than be in the in the, in the minor league Overwatch system. So it's yeah, it's 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 just a difficult market to invest in. So you follow a couple teams. You follow the team out here, the San Francisco Shock and the London Spitfire. I think it's interesting how they, first of all, how they get their their players. And then their players or athletes, gamers, whatever you want to call them, a lot of them have uh, pseudonyms. You know, you don't want to be Bob Smith. It sounds cool if you're like Ninja, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the thing that I really enjoyed was I I would ask them, uh, you know, like one of the main characters would look at Sinatra. And so I'm thinking, okay, this must be related to Frank Sinatra. And it's like, oh, no, there's a, a mix. The fourth mixtape by Logic, the rapper, was uh, Young Sinatra, Welcome to Forever. And that's, that's where <laughs> Sinatra comes from. And he has an extra A on there. I'm like, why is there the extra A? And he's like, I'm not sure. Maybe Sinatra was taken, or maybe I just like the extra A. <laughs> and that was, that was kind of common. These, these guys, when they invented their name, it was, it was kind of on a whim. And uh, the details are hazy. Well, how do they recruit? I mean, do people sit there and scour over Twitch and see who is uh, dominating, or do they go to sort of smaller regional tournaments and you kind of come up through the ranks that way? Yeah, I mean, at least in the Overwatch leagues I'm most familiar with, they, they would uh, just watch the tape of uh, people playing matches, either streaming themselves online, or if there was a regional tournament playing, they could just get the digital feed, you know, sitting in Los Angeles. Uh, so, you know, the coaches grind a lot of tape in this game, uh, you know, it's all digital, so it's all available, and uh, that's the primary way they find players. Although, oftentimes, players will say, "Hey, I one time played on this on this team with this guy. I remember he was an amazing Lucio player. We should go talk to him because we need a Lucio player." So, those are the two primary ways. Speaking with author Austin Moorhead, the new book called "Young Guns: Cut More Questions." Um, when people talk about a team's practice schedule. Now, a lot of gamers say, practice, I'm in front of my monitor nine hours a day anyway. I'm practicing. But it's a different kind of practice, isn't it? How, is, how so? Uh, well, part of it is that sometimes the coaches will want them to practice a specific strategy. And so they'll set up scenarios uh, for them to practice that and internal scrims against each other. 
Um, but then they also are constantly having scrimmages against other teams within the league. So they actually can test out new strategies against top tier talent, um, kind of, kind of, uh, from, from, from their practice room. Are we sort of still waiting? I mean, there have been some guys who have been very famous and girls as well, but are we kind of waiting for that Tiger Woods, someone who's going to be so good that they get out of the um, video game niche and go mainstream so everyone knows that player's name? Are we still kind of waiting for that person? Well, I mean, it's already happened in Korea. Like, Faker is famous. Um, he's one of the greatest League of Legends. He's probably the best League of Legends player of all time. Um, just amazingly consistent in the course of his career. I think the American market, you know, it's kind of the great white whale for esports. Uh, a lot of efforts have uh, kind of started here and, and failed. And I, I do think we're still kind of waiting for that great American player. I mean, you have you have Ninja, who is a phenomenon on streaming. You know, he was, he's, he's probably making over $10 million a year on streaming, but he's, he's not really like a tournament-winning uh, uh, you know, he's not doing the winning tournaments like the way Tiger was just dominant when he came on the scene. So, yeah, I think that's fair to say in America. What is it about um, the Olympics, too? Because I- I'm all for making it an Olympic sport. It takes tremendous hand-eye coordination and it takes tremendous uh, will. You have to deal with so much stress. You have to deal with so much uh, strategy. But when I talk to other people in my field, they're like, oh, give me a break. I mean, I think it would be cool to have – I'm a video game enthusiast, obviously. I'm a gamer myself. But where, where does it stand right now with the IOC and eSports? It's, it's very odd to me. They, the, the, the head of the IOC said that they wouldn't have uh, video games in the Olympics because they don't want activities that promote violence. And, you know, if <laughs> you look at the, the survey of research, like there's nothing that actually establishes any link between – video games and increased violence. Right. Uh, so that's odd. Also, like, boxing is at the Olympics and, like, fencing is at the Olympics. There's all kinds of, like, you know, violent uh, sports. So I think, like, there's a bit of a moment right now, like, uh, the World Health Organization used to be very anti-video uh, games because they, they, they claimed it promoted violence. And now they're saying that it's actually a great activity for while we're all sheltering at home during the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So I think I think it could be shifting, and and we could and then, and we'll see it, we'll see it there one day. I'm just interested. Also, you said earlier that with the Golden State Warriors buying a League of Legends team instead of Overwatch, that that was quite prescient on their part, or it worked out that way. Why why is it better that they had done that? Well, I mean, League of, League of Legends is you know the 800 pound gorilla. You know, like if just like one stat, like. In a month, in an average month, 100 million hours of League of Legends are watched on uh, Twitch. And, you know, that's probably something like 60 million for Fortnite and 30 million for Counter-Strike. And it's probably down like closer to like sub 10 million for a game like Overwatch. So they're investing in a league that has a much steadier uh, audience. And, you know, Overwatch is it's a, it's a first person shooter. And uh, there's, there's a kind of a new one like twice a year. So it's just, it's, a, it's more difficult to keep the audience. What about, you know, eSports arena? Because we know that, you know, Oakland has a place, Kansas City, Nashville. Are we going to see some more, you know, stadia specifically designed for this stuff? Yes, I think we're definitely going to see more stadiums designed for this. Um, you know, one, one interesting idea is that, you know, we have these malls that are losing anchor tenants uh, as like retail moves online, 
And so, uh, you know, there's some groups going around uh, who are basically retrofitting what used to be a retail store at the mall into an esports arena. And so I think it's, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Does gold farming affect esports at all? Because we know that there are, you know, stories of places in China where they have hundreds of employees and it's just, you know, um, time is money and they don't want to put in the hours. They just want to go ahead and just buy and basically pay to win. Is there any way that gold farming affects esports? I don't think so. I mean, gold farming was primarily a phenomenon in World of Warcraft, although it's, you know, it pops up other places too. Um, but you know, most of the most of the things that you would win in a, in a game that's that is uh, an esport is based on are cosmetic. They're like a specific skin for your character or something like that. Mm. So I, I don't think it has going to have the same impact. What's so? What's next? I mean, we talked about the Olympics and uh, maybe more arenas. But uh, from do you know what the next big game is going to be, or uh, what do you think's on the horizon here? Oh yeah, Valorant is definitely the next big game. I mean, I mean, Riot—they uh, they've built a successful League, League of Legends uh, league. It's been going on for like ten years. So um, they can also look at all the other leagues that have, that have popped up recently: the Call of Duty League, uh, the Overwatch League. They can look at how Fortnite approached esports, and they can kind of pick all the best ideas out of there, plus what they know. And so I think they're going to do a good job, and they're going to set up a—they're uh, going to set up a, a very popular league. Yeah, Valorant, kind of that. I like the cell shaded. It's a five-on-five FPS game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like the tactics behind that. All right, so for people who want to pick up a Young Guns, Obsession, Overwatch, and the future of a gaming, uh, where do they go? Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble, Target, wherever you like to buy books. Congratulations on a book that uh, gets that kind of... Uh, um, uh, publicity. That's awesome for you. Uh, we've been speaking with Austin Moorhead. Uh, great to have you on the show, and uh, welcome back anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we will come on back on Sports Byline. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. 
That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. When do broadcasters go too far? Where does hilarity stop and vulgarity begin? Don't ask Rick Tittle to bring it, because it already done got brought. It has been brought in. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Uh, London, uh, Landing Castle, uh, London Castle, Warwickshire, London Castle, Landing Castle will be joining us tomorrow, amongst others. Uh, my thanks to my guest, author Jim Bell, Hubble Legacy, Karen Lyle, and Monica Grant Cook from The C Word. Uh, John Pessa, the author of Yogi, Bruce Marshall, The Gold Cheek, and we just heard from Austin Moorhead, Young Guns. All right. Well, Christian McCaffrey has an extension that makes him the NFL's highest paid running back. And McCaffrey is definitely worth it. Became the third running back in history to go 1,000-1,000 with Roger Craig. And he had a four-year, $64 million extension with the Panthers. And that puts him ahead of Ezekiel Elliott at $16 million a year. And it didn't take long for the Saints' Alvin Kamara to find out about it. And while McCaffrey got his big day uh, from the Panthers, Kamara, <clears throat> uh, of course, a three-time Pro Bowl running back who is entering his uh, fourth NFL season, <clears throat> is still playing under his rookie contract. So Kamara was playing Call of Duty yesterday when he saw the news of McCaffrey's big extension. And he said, oh, wait, pause, pause, pause. 
And then he read the details and he said, hey, man, look, I don't even I just play football. I'm just a football guy. I don't worry with all these contracts and all these things, all this money. Shout out to Christian, man. That's my boy. He's talented. Well, listen, camera is getting ready for his payday. Third round pick, first three years in the league, all Pro Bowl seasons. I mean, you talk about a great third round pick. And a versatile weapon out of the backfield, um, nearly 4,500 all-purpose yards. He already has over 2,000 receiving yards, which is insane for a wide receiver in three years. Those are like Jerry Rice numbers in two years. But uh, 243 catches. Camera also averages five yards per carry in his career. And uh, remember, as a rookie, he averaged over six. So he is trying to get an extension this off season, and this will definitely help him. Now, last year he did have a knee and an ankle injury and a limited kind of his production. But, um, you know, he said anytime you deal with injuries, it's tough going into 2020, healthy, expect the same AK. Yes, Alvin Kamara. AK-47. He said, I add things year in and year out to off-season training. I'll definitely add a couple of different components to my training just to make sure that I am ready. Well, how cool is it that he was playing the game that I play nonstop, which is, of course, <laughs> Call of Duty. But the funny thing is, I don't know. I think his character is actually the Russian dude with the horrible tats, and he had a pink uh, assault rifle. I know what he's talking about. I can't play with that character. First of all, you have to pay for that character anyway, and I ain't paying for no characters. You already get enough for the price. I'm Rick Tittle. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, man, I hope we don't have brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to end the show.